From the heart of Austin, Texas, this is season three of Take It or Leave It with your hosts, Nathan Fernandez and Roger Craycroft. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Take It or Leave It for Roger Craycroft. I'm Nathan Fernandez. We are on our very last episode of the season. It was a long season. We actually, you know, covered the whole thing week by week. Yeah. Followed this Spurs team. Yeah, that was special. Throughout the year. Um, think, yeah. You know, it was a, a season full of adversity. Yeah. But also full of excitement. Yep. All around the league, but even within our team, too. Good things and bad things. All are good things to talk about yeah. on a podcast. Definitely so we've went been very out on, fortunate. A, on a positive note, um, which has been the theme of our show. You know, we didn't get swept. You know, that was a great hashtag. I I remember people used last year. Pretty cool, Because there were so many sweeps last year. Open the, um, the shed up, the garden shed, put the brooms back away. Yep. Uh, you know, we're down 3-0, had an the, amazing... Lock the toasters away. Win back in San Antonio uh, in game four. That is a game we'll remember for a long time. I don't even really want to think about it, but um, possibly might have been... Monty Ginobili's last home game in the silver or black. We all know that. Maybe. You know, he said that he's not going to make that decision till, till July, which he normally does. Um, so I wanted to read this tweet from a News 4 San Antonio writer who, who follows the Spurs. Um, he said the 2017 18 Spurs weren't the best Spurs team or the most memorable or the most likable or the most interesting. But damn, they still made me proud to be a Spurs fan because they kept fighting. Exactly. And he summed it up because that sums um, it up very well. We were down 3-0. Uh we could have rolled over. We could have accepted uh trips to Cabo starting soon, but we didn't. We kept fighting. Yeah. Uh we forced the fifth game. Forced and, them to beat us on their home court. Right. Which um, they which they probably weren't too. And and upset you know, about. we uh we 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 talked about it off wax, but um it was this and it was a big topic on our NBA, but it was the uh, Warriors' first Western Conference playoff loss since Game Four of the 2016 Western Conference Finals, mm-hmm. when they were down three-one to then Kevin Durant's OKC team, uh, and then they came back and won. And the rest is history. But you know they hadn't they hadn't won a game or lost a game in the Western Conference in, in over almost two years and. If you'll remember, they went 15 and 16 and one last year and, and went all the way through the West without losing a game. And, and then they lost those three straight at the end of 2016. So that's pretty crazy. Um, that they hadn't lost in so long. We broke that streak. Even that Steph, um, we were obviously way overly matched and, uh, we had a strong ending in game four. It was a wire to wire win at the very end, as we pretty much expected. Um, Warriors got it back within two. Lamarcus All finished. on the shoulders of that one guy. Who? The Slim Reaper. The Slim Reaper, yeah. Uh, KD had 34 in that game. His best game of the series. Um, he was lights out. But luckily, our our aging star, Monty Ginobili, uh, yeah. wasn't going to take the L that day. Um, or, or will to win. He did not want to be sent off, quote-unquote, like last year when he hadn't even <laughs> you know, decided on retiring <laughs> right, yet. Right, exactly. Um, after everything we've get, we've gone through, and and as Rudy, you know, Gay said earlier, 
after that win, the Spurs just kind of deserved that one, you know, after everything yeah. that happened. Everybody, everybody involved with the Spurs deserved mm-hmm. that one. Absolutely. Players, coaches, fans. Yeah. Um, especially more recently with the tragedy in Pop's family. Um, I think they all wanted to win that one for Pop and, uh, Edere Messina, who took over the, the head coaching job for those last three games was, was really good. And we're going to talk about him a little bit more later. Um, game five, the last game, um, almost a Warriors wire to wire win. The Spurs, uh, had the lead a few times. Um, we were down as many as 16. Um, but with just 235 left, we came within six. And then um, we got within two with just 57 seconds left. Yeah, um, that was and, awesome. Yeah, and I really thought, man, we're really gonna, <laughs> really gonna screw the Warriors up because the Pelicans have just been waiting, <laughs> you know, since yeah, Saturday for sure. There were there were a couple like questionable possessions from both teams there yeah. towards the end too. A couple pretty confusing turnovers, head scratchers that kind of take the take you out of the rhythm of the game because it seemed like both teams were just clicking and firing. Yeah, absolutely. Like every possession at the end, it was just like who's going to make a mistake or make a stop. Right. We gave up way too many offensive rebounds in that game, just like we did in game four. Draymond had 19 total rebounds, which is like really yeah. ridiculous. Um, Wild. And uh, KD uh, nailed, you know, his classic 18-foot jumper over, over you know, Yao Ming. It doesn't matter. It's going to go over him. Over and um, over and over everybody. And cash and over money. and over in time. Um, he, he actually had an off game. Um, but unfortunately, he KD, he had an off game from three. Like, no two Warriors ever have an off game at the same time. That's what makes him so good. Um, Clay was, was lights out. He's, I mean, KD still finished with 25, but, um, yeah. well, and he had a lot of really clutch baskets to close us out. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, he struggled early in the game, but you know, in the end, uh, lots of respect between the Spurs and Warriors always have been in a way that, the Warriors are a product of the way the Spurs changed modern NBA, and, and maybe the Spurs won't get that kind of recognition, but Spurs fans know. Yeah. You know, the well, whole... It's kind of tough watching them play the Spurs because it's like, dang. They see so much of us in them, they're, yeah. Yeah, they're, um, they're doing that, that of team course, basketball Steve effort. Steve Kerr is a disciple of, of Pop and was right. a Spur, and, you know, his... His son is still working in the Spurs organization, so it's like a lot of everything to do with the Warriors comes from Kerr's background with San Antonio. A lot of mutual respect there. Yeah, uh, you know, lots of lots of love at the end of the game. Kerr telling Manu, like, pleading with him to play again, like saying, you know, if you love it, you know, there's no reason to, to leave. You know, we met with Roger Federer, and he s- said he kept coming back because he loved the game so much, and... You know, uh, I think Manu, of course, like you mentioned, will will always talk to his family and make that decision. He doesn't rush into anything, so he's going to make that decision later. So we'll we'll wait for that in the season. But I, I am so so grateful for the way this team, you know, fought till the very end. You know, we were down sixteen in that game. We could have laid over. Guys kept fighting. Lamarcus kept yeah. going. Um, they gave us a reason to stay up late. Yeah. No. Yeah. I was I was ready to call it, and then I was like, you know what? It's the last game of the season, potentially, and it almost wasn't. So definitely right. don't regret that at all. Yeah. Um, but let's get into a, uh, a little holistic Spurs season, good, bad, and ugly. The good. The bad. The ugly. So the good for the Spurs, and this is obviously very broad here. 
you know, without our, our all NBA superstar, uh, you know, we still kept pace in the West, of course, the whole year. We were the three seed for, for the majority of the year. Um, ended up 47 35, 21st straight playoff berth, of course. Um, a lot of things that other teams strive for every year that we accomplished. I'm always grateful to have another Manu year. I, I just think he has so much left to give still, which is crazy to think about. Oh, absolutely. Uh, yeah. he, the way he can just, def- he gets, he beats defenders on one step still is ridiculous. Um, LaMarcus, of course, was an all-star again, and, and that's another thing. As an NBA team, there aren't that many all-stars. And, um, you know, we had one in LaMarcus, rightfully so. We'll, we'll get some all-NBA recognition, which is great to see again. Of course, good development for our young guys. We we don't talk about about them enough, but it's true, man. Everyone that comes through the Spurs automatically becomes some kind of yeah. A lot of those attraction guys to other had teams. just absolutely no experience at the beginning of the season. Yeah. Now they they really have a feel for the pace of the game, right? And physicality, and the, the rigors the of a long NBA season, right? I mean, yeah, but guys like Dejounte, grown up a lot. He's a mm-hmm. starting point guard in the NBA yeah. now beginning of this season that i mean he was just you know a young guy that we were trying to develop Bryn forbes had a really great season mm-hmm. even if he wasn't you know a superstar in the playoffs i don't think anybody expected him to be yeah um, and uh you know he, he's he, just learned a lot Bryn had, had kind of regressed in the second half of the season this year just because as he admitted um you know he hadn't played so many games in his his whole career, obviously, he's yeah. a second-year man. Absolutely. Um, you know, obviously in college, you play 40 max. Um, a, and to play the minutes that he did, you know, he wasn't really expecting that. It's not a sprint um, at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, DeJounte, you know, played 81 games. Patty Mills was our only player. He played every every game, 82. Um, man, Patty is... I think Bryn played 82, actually, also. Patty was a monster, man. He's, yeah, he's he, amazing. He got uh, way he got way too much hate this year. Yeah, we we including by uh, we of someone on, fake, in this man. very room. Seriously, he was so good in the playoffs, offensively, but defensively. In that last game, Patty was he so was good, good on yeah. defense. He is. And he, I remember I mean, we said it last step, year. He always has one of the highest everybody. He's on, ratings. Yeah, and he's on Iguodala a lot of that game. Yeah, who is a formidable offensive opponent. And he was just locking him down, step for step. There were a couple possessions I, I was just I was just amazed. Mm-hmm. Iguodala making you know he has long legs, big strides, and he's making like quick hard cuts to the basket. And Patty's just right there, chest up against him, like moving laterally, laterally so fast. I, I don't know how he does it. He's he's just in such good shape. Yeah, he's, he's just conditioned. He's, well. he's a great athlete. Yep comes from those uh hot outback summers you know exactly exactly and him and him and joe inglis yeah <laughs> <laughs> um yeah i mean i don't know that and that that's the kind of conditioning and just like a very professional attitude and, and way to take care of your body that yeah. like really sets him apart as yeah. a as a playoff basketball player and, you know i tried to express i don't know if i ever did on the show but Last summer, whenever we signed Patty to this deal, which is not that ludicrous for what the cap was last year, it was a little bit higher than we thought, but it was kind of like I mentioned. Uh, yeah, there are um, other contracts that we that we signed it was that, like that a, were a little more questionable, like looking at Pau Gasol. Yeah, it was it was more of like a 
it was like a back end contract where we're p- pretty much paying him for for some of his older years, and I know that's not right, fair all right. the time. Like he he just been so good for us for a while. I think the way he ended himself. the season really showed that he was worth it. I mean, I think someone like that deserves the money more than than anybody. Last else. year, you think about Tony Parker ruptures his quad in May. We lose, we beat Houston. Then we come out. Our only other point guard on the team is a twenty year old rookie who has hasn't even been thrown into the fire yet, really. And and I think RC was totally right on signing Patty at what it was. Um, I think the the Powell contract is just one of the most questionable we've ever seen. And, and granted, you know, Powell is we knew what he was already. I don't know, and he right. was making less money when he signed with us. So you know, that's yeah, a, like, that's a story for another day. I, I don't know if I don't have a problem that one, with, but I don't have a problem with signing Powell to the contract. I have a problem with how much money we're giving him. Yeah, we gave him more than he needed. Um, and of course, he's going to keep playing. Um, so the bad for the Spurs, um, holistically, earliest season exit, um, since ninety six ninety seven. Like a lot of these records that have unfortunately been lost it's the same since 96 97 the year we drafted tim duncan yeah but it doesn't um, even i mean it still doesn't feel like a disappointment of a season no it doesn't it, i feel is, i feel mean, less just, disappointed just, this year than when we lost to the clippers in the first round yeah oh man i felt very defeated that, that year. year was that year was rough but i mean yeah it's like for this to be the worst season we've had in 21 years still and I, feels and I think, like a pretty yeah. like a pretty good time yeah we we're, we're kind of spoiled, uh, and obviously, yeah, we're spoiled in that way, and we're also spoiled in the fact that we could have won one more game during the regular season and just been won. really spoiled, Probably and even just gotten won. to the second round. Probably just one game, and given you know Houston or whoever a good run for their money. The Hawks, the Hawks, that Hawks game when MLK Can, Day haunts uh, me. The Hawks. Lakers got to keep their. Breath, and that Hawks way. game, that Hawks game My was Lord. the was the first game of like. The, like that, that Kawhi never played again. Cause he played on that Saturday and then he was gonna play on Monday and they didn't feel right before the game and then he never played again. And we lost that mm-hmm. game. Yikes. To the Hawks. So, you know, it, it could have been, it could have been an incredible, a way more incredible season if we had played, you know, say Portland or OKC, whoever we could have gotten absolutely to the second round and, yeah. and, and then, you know, given, we know Houston's history in the second round. We could have given. Who knows? Yeah. Um, yeah. And coming into that last week where we had, you know, four or five games, and there was a total toss up for the the seeding. It's like we we knew we had a feeling. Yeah. Right. We knew we had to win a couple games, like a couple amazing games, to to be able to put ourselves in a position like that to play a team that we yeah. had a better chance against because. I don't know. We we got the Warriors. What are you what are yeah. you gonna do? What are you gonna do? It's the best team. In the the writing's on the wall. Stevie Wonder can read the writing. You know. Yeah. Just yeah. It's just the only way you can put it. Um, From a hundred yards. And uh, you know, Jeff McDonald, the lead Spurs beat writer, was writing about how um, over uh, over eighty two game season, how expectations can change for for even experienced veterans. You know, at the beginning, you think Kawhi's gonna come play maybe we have championship aspirations or top three aspirations which we held for half the season and then when you when uh you know the injuries stack up quiet doesn't come back you you think all right well let's get top four and then yeah let's and tank. then as and that's <laughs> right i don't think that ever crept to their head but then it was no. like let's make the playoffs and we did and then once we were in that series versus the warriors it was let's win a game and we did all those things. So I mean, the very, very, very small off. objectives, but yeah, we checked the we bo- did the, the important boxes. 
Right. Um, and the ugly. Um, this is likely our most unsure, uncertain off season in Spurs history. I'm about to dive into like our uh, our outlook for the for the off season, but yeah. of course the biggest question comes from Kawhi Leonard and blah blah sure. blah. We could talk about sure. all this but, for days and but days. But also, just um, I mean, I, like the the free agents we have coming up and stuff. I mean, th- there's just no telling what our team is going to look like next yeah. year. It could be it could be very similar to what it is now, yeah. or it could be very different. Right. Um, and it, it depends. And it's but it's both up to the players and the management so right if one um, or the other makes a decision we can have some guys leave right so first of all june 21st nba draft um the spurs have the 18th pick our lowest uh pick since we drafted tim duncan first overall since 96 97 um so it'll be interesting to see this is one of the most stacked drafts we've had in years um yeah it's fortunate you know coming from last year where malcolm brogdon no disrespect one rookie of the year and now we have like this huge race and we're about to have an incredible class come in it's it's going to be a really and, and the spurs no might trade up okay, no the question spurs might this. try to trade up like rookie of the year larry Markinen. right larry, right yeah, of course um the finn the finn reaper yes the finn um reaper. And uh just that, that block on Steph Curry where he yeah, and drilled him in the face. Spiked it in his face. Yeah. Is, um, is enough. And uh the Spurs, you know, it'll be interesting to see if they decide to trade up, if they stay at eighteen, because you know the last time we traded up, we drafted that Kawhi Leonard guy. We had to give away a really good piece like George Hill, who we all loved, and that might That's happen true. again this year. Yeah. We'll see, of course. Um and you know, it'll just be exciting to have a pick that's not like twenty ninth, which sounds like such a spoiled thing to say but you know we're actually not seeing like a low 25 to 30 pick um which is nice um yeah i mean i'm sure we'll we'll get some yeah we'll get something good anybody you're like you really think we got a chance um i've not looked at the yeah i've not looked at the draft stuff i I don't know who falls in that like i don't know who's back there i I do i don't think the spurs will be drafting stashing anybody um you think they're gonna draft someone to put on the team yeah i think i I think i mean i should hope so um i wouldn't count us trading out up either um we'd have to give up obviously someone but probably not yeah because i think we can make some noise at 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 918 we always get some kind of steal at 28 anyway so see what we can do at 18 do you think we we go for someone overseas like i mean possibly yeah for sure um someone that you know i don't think we will go for guard um you know i think with and we're going to dive into Tony and everything, but uh, we obviously have drafted guards almost exclusively the last few years in the first round. We drafted Derek White last year, who is going to be really good, already is really good, um, who yeah. who could see more playing time if... Um, you're talking about G League champion Right, Derek G White. League champion um, Derek White. Um, and, uh, you know, Jante, obviously we drafted two years ago, and um, we have Bryn and... Um, and obviously, he might not be on the team anymore, but uh, Derek White and DeJounte are, are going to be on the team. And I think they're both a solid you know, additions to the backcourt, obviously, who we're going to develop. Um, but I don't see us going guard. Um, no. Probably not. I think we've a little done it a little over bit overboard with the guards. I think we'll try, probably try to go for a wing um, or beef up yeah, our big man like rotation. A, because Maybe like a power forward? Yeah, yeah. 
Someone to compliment LaMarcus. Right, and we'll see what happens with Davis, too. But um, So June 27th is when the player option deadlines happen. So Danny Green has a $10 million player option. Uh, he's likely to opt out um, not only to see if he can test the free agent wanders, but also um, because he likely wants to sign a multi-year deal because he only has one year left in this contract. Um, so he's likely going to test out that water. Lou Williams contract that he got this year is kind of the benchmark when you look at players like Danny and even Rudy, because, uh, the cap has, has declined a little bit. They don't have as much of revenue as they did a couple years ago. For example, when like Mike Conley became like the highest paid player in NBA history and then like Chandler Parsons was like number three or whatever. Uh, but Lou will only got three years, $24 million this year. So, I don't see Danny making more than 10 somewhere else. So uh, I see him probably coming back um, and stretching that over a couple of years, which I'm sure um, he would enjoy because he, you know, he's been, he's one of our longest tenured Spurs. Rudy Gay, who was fantastic um, in the end segments of the playoffs and the regular season. um, He has an $8.6 million player option. Um, He's likely to opt out as well, mostly to, test out the waters, see if he can get more money. I know that he took a pretty big pay cut to even come to the Spurs. Hmm. So it's probably not even really about money to him. And 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 he enjoyed the support, and he really appreciated the Spurs medical staff. You can take that as yeah. much as you want it. That's true. Well, <laughs> but, I mean, yeah, but I mean. Who were really conservative in his he, comeback season this Right, year. right, yeah, and he came back healthy and strong kind of showed a, how much we valued him pretty, already from yeah, that standpoint. Yeah, and he, he had a tricky injury too, so. right. Um, and he was out, you know, he only played 57 games and yeah. that's, you know, like 25 more than he played last year, obviously. But, um, yeah, there was definitely a stretch where we were like totally lost because we needed we, him. Yeah. We needed somebody else. Right. And, and I really hope we do get Rudy back. I, I can't, um, the mid level exception designation is that 8.4 million number. Um, so, you know, I can't really see him getting much more than that as good of a player as he is. The, the, Big numbers have have died down since that summer, and like I mentioned, that benchmark with Lou Williams only making eight million a year. Um, we'll we'll see if he is able to get any more money. And then Joffrey has a one point. Please leave Joffrey. Yeah, He's gone. Obviously, know, we're not we're not no. If he comes back, we're we're just gonna cut him probably and just pay him that. Yeah, we need stretch that over three years. Our, we need like our that. draft pick to be that position. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, so June 29th is the qualifying offer deadline, um, that people, this pertains to Kyle Anderson, Davis Bertans, Bryn Forbes, all, um, players who we signed as rookies, Kyle and Davis, we, we drafted, um, and Bryn, we signed as an undrafted free agent. If they are not offered a new deal by June 29th, they become an unrestricted free agent come July 1st. And if the Spurs do give an offer to them on June 29th, then they can um, take the the offer and the Spurs can match any other offer given to another team. But like last summer when we ditched Jonathan Simmons and Dwayne Dedman, we straight up didn't offer either of them. We didn't ditch them. We, we just, ditched them. We set them free. Yeah, we could have paid them, though, um, with what we paid pal. Yeah, um, we could have been. But yeah, we just, we didn't offer them anything. Uh, and I don't know if our, I don't know, like if RC had a weird summer last year, I don't know what went on, but definitely felt a little weird. Um, it did. Dwayne Dedman, you know, didn't play that many minutes, but he, his on off numbers were incredible when it came to our defense, which right. wasn't our problem this year, but 
anyhow, um, those three guys, it'll be interesting to see what we do, who we value the most, because obviously our priority is, is Kawhi Leonard. Um, July 1st, we can offer him that Supermax. Most people um, believe that before that date, we will have our, you know, our internal meetings with him, our exit interviews. And, and by then, hopefully, we will have hashed out whether he is going to be healthy enough to play another 70-game season at least because he's never played a full season. Um, but, of course, the Spurs aren't just going to offer him that just because of what he is, which, you know, personally, I think he deserves it. Um, but the Spurs can't make that investment without knowing he's going to play. So of course, yeah, they're going to meet with him. They're going to meet with thing. his doctors and they're going to see if, if you're, are you going to play in October? Um, he has until the first game of the season. So, you know, mid October to accept that deal. If Which he's it's just crazy to me, I don't see how that. <laughs> yeah. But like, like I mentioned, the, I think the Spurs are hoping to hash it all out before July 1st. Even right. Comes. Yeah. They're hoping to have that problem. So they're going to, you know, I think, you out. know, I think hopefully July 1st midnight, you see the Woj tweet. Oh, the Spurs and Kawhi Leonard have agreed to whatever or not. Um, if he doesn't accept it, then he'll we'll be paying him for the year, and hopefully we have his services. Um, he can be offered it again next summer, but he has to requalify for it, um, which means he has to make All NBA again or be Defensive Player of the Year again. Which of course he's done both of those things multiple times, but I can't really see him doing it again, especially not Defensive Player of the Year. You don't think he can do it? No, no, he can, of course. You but just don't see it happening. It's a little voter risk. fatigue. It's it's no, it's risky business for us. Yeah, well, and to if, not, if you're him, like, to let him play out the you've season got, because you've got the option to if get he, it now, right? And if he doesn't accept it, then the Spurs are going to trade him because we're not going to let him walk away <laughs> and give us nothing because he's a free agent July first of next year, and we're not going to let that happen. So, um, right. If he doesn't accept that deal by, uh, you know, the, um, whatever October, I think, you know, we have to think about trading him. Of course, yep. it's like a scary thought, but it you is. can't really ignore it anymore at this point. Whatever happens, um, we're going to, we're going to be okay. Yep. Um, we're gonna and have, then we're going to have some pieces. Right. So or we're going to have him, you know, a very large piece. Yeah. Um, if we trade him, we'll, we'll get his worth in return. Yeah. Agreed. Um, and and if uh you know no one's offering his work, then we won't trade him. Right. And he'll play a year for us. <laughs> and um, probably play well if he plays. Probably. Um so who we do for sure have under contract, Lamarcus Aldridge. Um we signed him. Mm. Um I don't know if Pop saw the writing on the wall there, Makes but me feel warm and fuzzy on the inside. Um unfortunately Pow is also under contract. Um Patty Mills uh deserves that contract. Uh Manu, please stay. He's under contract. He's getting that 2.5, whether he stays or not. Um, Derek, I love I love that clean 2.5 that Monty. Yeah, gets. it's the it's the veteran minimum now. Derek White, like I mentioned, he's going to go in his second year. Hopefully, he gets more playing time. Dejounte Murray and Brandon Paul, the only real unrestricted free agent we have is Tony Parker, and he mentioned that he, you know, some people speculated maybe he's thinking about retiring. Um, he said for sure he's not thinking about retiring and he will be back. And if he's not willing to take a lot less money, the Spurs might think about cutting them loose. We'll see if he can get a role in any other team. There's a lot of Spurs coaches that are coaching other teams that might take him in. So, um, we'll see what happens there. Um, Tony, you know, had a, 
unexpected season coming off a major surgery at age 35. Um, That's true. He had some bright spots. I guess we don't give him a whole lot of credit for coming off of uh, a tough injury. Right. Like a devastating injury. Yeah, could have ended his career. The last season, I think the timing of it, just it was a little like less obvious to the observers. Yeah, Like he spent all of the off-season working really hard, rehabbing, to come back at such an advanced age and like, and then still to play like a, a pretty complete season dis- Tony, despite struggling at times. I feel like he's always just really relied on his athleticism a lot to make yeah, plays. Yeah. And that's just been the, the first step is gone. Yeah. yeah. For him. Yeah. And that's, that's, that was part of his age too, but coming off true. the injury as well, it's going to make him even. Slower. No, you're definitely right. His, so he needs to adjust. People forget, man. Yeah. He was the, he was the quickest guy in the league like right. 10 years ago. Um, you know, kind of like like John Wall kind of is now. Um, yeah. In a way, of course, it's a different game. That was just the first comparison. Yeah. Came I don't know. About Tony, speed. if Tony wants to keep you know working, you know, in in a system, I feel like he needs to add some new tools to the belt. Yeah, this he late. needs to knock down the twelve foot jumper. Oh yeah, all I was yeah. gonna say is yeah, his his mid range uh, his mid range jumper is is probably his most dangerous. Yeah. Shot. Yeah. If, and he can still beat some, if he's really some clicking guys. on it. Oh yeah, I mean like. Even in the playoffs against the Warriors, he we saw some flashes. Yeah, yeah, games three and four of his, of his old self. I think he was and, the second uh, highest scorer in game three. I don't know, and he just brings a lot of comfort and like calm to the team when he's got the ball. Uh, it seems like our offense flows a little more naturally. Um, yeah, definitely an organization. Yeah, yeah, it's organized. All right, so let's get into our last up and down of the season. That's an up and down. Spurs ball. So on the come up, Philadelphia wins their series versus Miami 4-1. They're moving on to play the winner of Boston and Milwaukee. Boston's legit, up man. 3-2 uh, after a, a crazy game at the Garden in Game 5. They're going back to Milwaukee hoping to close it out. Pelicans swept the Blazers, like I mentioned. Super unlikely, but... Yeah, only sweep um, in the first uh, round. Right, only sweep in the first round. Um, hell yeah. <laughs> yeah. Minnesota's battling out with Houston still. Uh, I, I think Houston will close that out tonight too. Um, so a pretty weird first round. Um, of course, uh, Cleveland, we didn't mention Cleveland, Indiana, LeBron James. That's a good series. Had, man. yeah, LeBron James, LeBron. Oh my gosh. I can't even say his name. Like it's just. He's amazing, man. Dude, uh, they, you, they had, I mean, a, you knew, you knew when, yeah, they, you when knew. they got yeah, the ball. Yeah, you had a feeling. When they, when he had that chase down block and they got the ball back mm-hmm. with three seconds, you just knew. Yeah. You know, just LeBron, man. He, just like that shot against Orlando in 2009 is that exactly. same shot for three when the game, when he gets his spot and you give him an inch. Yeah. That's, that's game. He's going to um, make, he's going to make the play. LeBron should have been in that. In that ball game, uh, Gatorade commercial, not Paul George. <laughs> Remember the one he where he's like drinking a sip. He's like ball game. Yeah, <laughs> Paul George, you never yeah. hit a game winning shot in your life, bro. <laughs> well, I don't know. He might. Have no, he hasn't. He hasn't. He has he actually not. No, he's never done it. Wow, yeah. that's um, that's kind of weird. Anyways, um, Le- LeBron and the Cavs hoping to close out. Um, the Indiana Pacers, uh, the Pacers fans are incredibly tortured by LeBron. They have all the last decade, you know, they've just been tortured by him. Um, yeah. so nothing new there. Just um, another brick in the wall. Also on the come up, the Rockets score 50 points in a quarter. 
I mean, that was just absolutely ridiculous in game four. Um, too much. It was real close uh, with the Rockets and the Timberwolves at halftime. And then the um, Rockets just came out and they did everything so aggressively. They moved away from the Harden ISO. They started moving the ball a lot and body movement. And, and what do you know? They scored 50 points in the quarter. They were up by 30 after the third. Um, it was the most points scored in an NBA quarter since TV was still in black and white, pretty much. So, Dang. long time ago. Also on the come up, uh, rapper Meek Mill. So, Meek Mill is just getting like the Nelson Mandela treatment the last couple of days. I mean, like, it's a good story. Yeah, he should probably shouldn't have been in jail, racial injustice and everything. Uh, but like, people forget, like, Meek Mill was <laughs> pretty forgotten about rapper, like, before he went to jail. Anyways, he was released from jail, um, on bond. The Pennsylvania Supreme Court got involved and they released him and everything. He immediately, like, gets on a private jet and he's, like, at the Sixers game. Like, last night, the Sixers closed out the series and he's there, like, ringing the bell and sitting courtside. It just, I just thought it was a little bit crazy of a story and just, like, to see a guy like that go from jail and go straight to the courtside of the playoff game. Like, <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's gotta be, uh, quite an adjustment if you're him. <laughs> yeah you wouldn't think like you'd want to like go home first just like enjoy the yeah you, like intricacies of private life you know <laughs> yeah, what's the first thing you <laughs> taking a do? shower like, like in your in own a really shower. loud <laughs> yeah. arena in the middle of a at huge one, crowd at, right yeah um with bright lights to each their own i guess um yeah. that was a good story uh it's crazy what you miss when you're in there <laughs> true yeah he i mean he's a philly guy he missed the the Philly uh, Eagles going on their run, but you know he, he'll be there for the Sixers, I guess. Also on the come up, uh, you know we can't talk enough about Lamarcus Aldridge. Only missed one freaking free throw during the entire series. Just one. Forty-one for forty-two from the line, um, which was impeccable. I didn't realize that till after the game that you know he because he's been so automatic all year. Yeah, uh, I remember them saying that he hadn't. He'd only missed one free throw, and then I was like watching him all through the last game. He shot a bunch. Yeah. It's like, he hasn't missed one. Yeah. He's only missed one the whole series. He ended the series 46.2% from the field. And then... 98%. Yeah. And then um, he shot... He made three threes in game four, which is crazy. Um, So he shot 60% from three-point in the series. (laughs) Wow, 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 wow. Um, All three of those makes coming in the fourth game. Also on the come up, uh, fluids being poured on your head. Uh, Brett hey. Brown, the coach of the 76ers, former longtime Spurs assistant, actually got drenched in chocolate milk, um, Ooh. after the Sixers won the series, you know, they're congratulating him for his first series win and everything. And you know, it was like, you know, how NBA locker rooms, they'll have like whatever, like sponsored, like yeah. food and drinks. So I guess it was like muscle milk, you know, that stuff. Yep. And they poured it all over, dude, and the, it like you the know, the NBA players, Thompson, the bottles dude, was, are like was in there. Is, yeah, he's like, <laughs> I'm Clay Thompson. Kevin and Love, I, yeah. I endorse this chocolate milk. <laughs> Anyways, um, oh, that hey, was a the, good story. After after the game winner tonight, um, LeBron's teammates dumped like four cups of water on his head <laughs> in the middle in the middle of his interview. So nice. that was pretty. Like that. that was yeah. It was pretty good. Was pretty um, good. He got drenched. And it was a little weird after that happened, um, uh, with no context to present you with, uh, Brett Brown said he loves being wet. So I <laughs> just thought I'd bring that up. Um, chocolate milk. <laughs> I know. And I'm pretty sure it was like muscle milk, which is like way thicker. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's like, 
Anyways, um, also on the come up, Ben Simmons. Oh my gosh. Had a manly first round series, 18.2 points a game, nine assists, 10.6 rebounds, yeah. 2.5 steals, one block, he's, all on um, 50%. He's not going field. away. No, he is a problem. And if Embiid wasn't even bothered by the mask that whole time, they might have swept <laughs> uh, Miami. But I wanted to get a little bit of your thoughts, uh, Bridge thoughts on, on some of the second round series matchups here. Uh, uh-huh, Golden State, yeah. New Orleans, we know is, is nailed down. Um, that's going to be a great series. Toronto, Washington versus Cleveland, Indiana looks like we'll, we're probably going to get Toronto, Cleveland. Crazy things can happen, but we know yeah. the winner of game probably. five goes on to win the series, you know, like 80% of the time. Um, so Toronto, Cleveland, and then we're going to have likely Boston's going to get out. That game, that series is gonna go to seven, but it'll be Boston, Philly, and then it'll be Houston and Utah. So you know who you, who you got. Um, outside all of obviously stuff, like man. you know all good stuff. Well, let's see, Warriors and the Pelicans. Mm-hmm. That's gonna be a great series. Yeah. I think I'm really looking forward to that one. I'm yeah. probably gonna watch that one more than any of the others. Yeah, um, agreed. It's gonna be a long one. I think six or seven games. Yeah, yeah. I mean, right. I, I'm definitely gonna be going rooting for the pelicans just uh-huh. to give them a hard time take right. them take them deep in that series yeah. and you know not make it easy on them not give them that long break or any you know any rest before the western conference finals but uh yeah i got the warriors in that one because i think curry comes back and yeah just too much too yeah. much to handle like i mentioned i think kerr has been overplaying his injury uh we've all seen him sure. warming up and stuff and yeah because um, I don't think they were super worried about the first round. Right. Um, of course. <laughs> yeah. Naturally. Yeah. I think we gave them a little harder of a time than they were expecting. But yeah. that's, you know, that's that's what we wanted. That's important. Yeah, for sure. Um, So we got Houston and U- Utah. Utah. That's going to be a great series, too. Um, I think Houston U- definitely wanted OKC, probably. Yeah, absolutely. Utah, I think Utah's defense gives yeah. Houston a, a tough go. Yeah, they're going to slow it down. But, yeah. And, you know, it's not like Utah has any offensive struggles either. Right. They've, they've been just like drilling threes this whole game that we're watching. And they're, they're just kind of a matchup nightmare for anybody. Yeah. But I think that Utah and Houston match up well. Yeah, I agree. So I think that, it'll be an interesting series. More yeah. Than I mean, I, I don't, I don't want it to sound, you know, like a cliche or too obvious, but I think James Harden is going to be the difference in that series. Yeah. I think he's just going to push Houston past. Um, It'll be interesting to see what you know Houston we see because yeah they can look pretty static sometimes and and they're really at their best when they're moving and moving the ball so yeah, if they absolutely. can just play like that it's going to be a really um really really interesting series uh Toronto Cleveland um Toronto, we all Cleveland. know Toronto has had a terrible time against LeBron he's yeah. kind of their dad. At yeah. this point, um, I mean, he yeah, has, the, pace, have, the Pacers no and the Raptors. Just yeah, like he has. No I mean, everybody love. in the East, really. Yeah, um, yeah. But it, it seems like, even, especially recently, it's just been like the Pacers and the Raptors that have to deal with Cleveland every year. Yeah, I agree. This but the just, way this, this Cavs team has been playing, man. Yeah, they've been very up and down. Wishy washy. It's probably the worst team LeBron's had since he left Cleveland the first time. Yeah, um, for sure. I I think I'd pick Cleveland to win still. Just I was yeah. I was, I was gonna say it just doesn't, Toronto can't doesn't do feel like I feel a Toronto like year. I feel like LeBron's in every Toronto player's head. 
Yeah. Maybe not DeRozan as much, but like Serge Ibaka, Kyle Lowry, those guys are terrified of LeBron. Um, And they know they're conditioned to losing to him. And I just, I don't see Toronto like turning it around for him. I think they're a good team. And that's what I was going to say. It's like they're a great team. I just don't think this is their year. And Zach Lowe, who we've mentioned, like, you know, of course, on this, on the show, he covered Toronto for a long time and he just, he gets so pissed because. They're the number one team, but they're always playing so scared and and not scared in a good way when it's like scared of losing. So we're gonna play with everything we have. Mm. It's like scared of of failing, which is is which is what they've done in the past. And you can't play like that. Um, you can't play tight against yeah. LeBron James. It's a counterintuitive attitude. Yeah, and, and they've gotten swept by him so many times. I just think that uh, whoever LeBron has on his team, I think they're gonna beat Toronto. So. And it'll be six. It'll be six games. Of course, Indiana took them to. Yeah. Well, you know, almost could have won the series, but um, yeah, yeah, that's gonna be a really interesting series. And then Boston Philly, who our boy over here Chandler says, that, yeah, put money on it. It's gonna be the most entertaining series of the year. I don't know how we're supposed to measure. Yeah, that, but. yeah. Just hit up the the take it or leave it message boards and, and vote in our our jelly polls about it. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Well, we'll put a MySpace survey out because <laughs> 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 yeah i don't know. I mean um that's that's a tough series to call right there mm-hmm. agreed boston is uh is a great team they're a little they're just a little hobbled that but that doesn't mean that they aren't playing really great playoff basketball right now so i mean and they're playing they're totally handling the bucks too and the bucks are a great team yeah um they they've got a lot of size and length i mean i'm you know just, just thinking of Giannis really but just all around, they're a they're a great team. So I, it just seems like if Boston can handle them, they they might be able to deal with the Sixers too. Yeah, Cause, I I think we know, deserve uh, the LeBron Sixers matchup though in the yeah conference finals. That would be a lot of fun. But Philly has That's plenty of sure. years to get there. And um, yeah, I think I think uh, I don't know. Just got I got a little sweet spot for Boston. So yeah, I feel that. I think uh, I, that's just like hey man, they never give what, up. What I want to happen. They make adjustments so well. Yeah, they're just they're coached very well. Brad that's, Stevens uh, is like the only coach in the NBA who is never scared to just completely change everything in one game to the next. Yeah. Which is pretty crazy. It's a complete dark horse in a series um, where other you than, get so used to one matchup or other whatever. than Notoria Messina. Right, right. And I wish I had done more research to like dive into his to his rotations, but I yeah. thought they were really good. They were um, really good. I wish yeah, I wish uh I think he's he spread the floor we, like way better than I'd seen. Yeah. Uh, and that's all personnel. I Um, wish we'd had a little more faith in him. I wish we knocked down some more wide open shots too. Yeah. And (laughs) rotated back on defense. I think we hit his, I think we hit more in game one and four than we did the rest of the series. Yeah. So yeah, that was that. Yeah. Which is only three compared to two, but real quick here, let's run through everybody on the decline. Um, OKC in general, like I mentioned. Yep. All right, this game is not over yet, but I still think Utah pulls it out. Um, Unless Russell just like totally goes bonkers, right? It looks like he's starting to. Yeah, and uh, I think I think you know even if they lose the series, whatever it might be, um, I still think Donovan gets fired. I don't know. Just just does it does feel like he's. It just feels like they've they've been too stagnant too yeah. resistant to change all year stagnant was the word i was going to use like they they've just been playing the same way all year and like not realizing what the issue is that was a travel um 
And and after game three, when Rubio had a great game, Russ, uh, you know, to the media said he would shut that down. And oh. he did in game. He did in game four. He shut Rubio down. True, fortunately, true his word. Donovan Mitchell had thirty three points, and Utah won by twenty. Still, mm. so I don't know if that was the best focus. What do you do about um, that? Probably not the best focus to have. Um, and wow, Gobert just fouled out or five fouls. That's ridiculous. Oh, it's still the third quarter. Is that so? Yeah, I said I had five fouls. Five fouls. Wow. Um, Crazy that you get six in the NBA. Yeah. But I guess they're, uh, they're longer games. And then too. in game four, um, there was a little bit of a scuffle that was starting to happen between the Jazz and the and the Thunder. Uh, Russell Westbrook was getting ready to check into the game. He hadn't really been like signaled to be allowed to come in yet, but he got involved in the scuffle, and that brought up the idea of, oh, was he coming off the bench? Does he deserve suspension because of that? Um, because they're really serious about guys coming off the bench when there's a scuffle. Um uh, he didn't end up getting fined. He got fine. Uh, he didn't get up suspended. He got fined ten thousand dollars, and he got a technical foul, which I don't know what that means. I guess that's another little bit of pocket change um, to the NBA. Also on the decline, um, Carmelo has just been disappointing. Thirty seven percent from the field, twenty three percent from three point in the series. He needs to have been replaced by Jeremy Grant a long time ago. I think you'd be pretty good coming off the bench too. Yeah, I agreed. Playing against know, second man. second team guys, I agree. Uh, well, yeah, like for most of the game, and like sure, if you want him in in the fourth quarter, then play him all you want. Right, and uh, if OKC loses the series, I I think even if they moved on from this series, I I really just feel like Paul George is probably going to leave anyways. I think the writing's on the wall for for OKC. They haven't really been able to to nail down a you know a system or a identity. Pretty much. Also announced today, uh, the one and done might be on the decline. NBA PA executives have talked about um, eliminating the one and done rule. Thinking about close. feels like the, the league like trying to go backwards or something. Well, I think it's just with weird, everything in going way. on in the NCAA, like how corrupt it is, and and yeah. how they're exploiting players and their you know multi billion dollar conglomerate and all of this. The NBA is like, you know what? Exploiting we players, have, no one's actually following the rules and, anyway. Yeah, and the yeah. NBA has total power over it. It's just their rule. Um, so if they just eliminate that, then players at at eighteen will be able to to come into the league. And you know, Condoleezza Rice, our former Secretary of State, is like, I had no idea she's just really involved in all these sports leagues. And uh, she was the one that was introducing that. To, you know, addendum to whatever our draft laws are, looking to addendum. make that change around 2020. I did like that suggestion you had of letting them play in the G League for yeah, a year. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, right. I think that'd be a good idea. Yeah. yeah. Get them used to a system, get them used to the rigor of a season. Right, the travel. exactly. Absolutely. The travel and everything. And you can actually pay them. Yeah, <laughs> and they just uh, increase the G League salary, so mm-hmm. you get paid a pretty good amount. And I think it would be, you know, the only thing that would be negative on that is that... Um, it, it gets really wishy-washy with the whole like being able to be called up to the NBA team and stuff because it's like, oh yeah, the only like the only criteria for being drafted in the NBA is you have to be 19 years old right now. So it doesn't matter if you go to college or whatever, you have to be 19 by the draft day, which which means American students coming out of high school are not going to be 19. So 
the overseas players have always just played professional since they were like 15 mm-hmm. and they're already used yeah, to the regular half travel. The, most of those and guys everything. graduate high school and they're like 15 Yeah, and they 16. just go into the basketball academies and like, yeah, you're going to be Europe. a basketball player. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they just come over when they're 19, whenever that is. Um, so I think that the American born players have been bamboozled for the last 15 years about going to college for a year. Um, you just think about, and of course, LeBron is, is once in a generation, generational talent, but he was talking about the NCAA corruption. He was like, if, if you had made me gone to college for a year, you would have had to pay me a lot talking about like the illegal benefits because mm-hmm. he, I mean, like, you know, some people need it for their families, of yeah. course, you know? So, yeah, sure. Same thing with like Kobe and Shaq, just guys that like you never see playing in college. I mean, yeah, no. And they just they were all they were like sensations as soon as they hit the league. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. Um, and also on the decline. Um, this is the last one I had. Um, is a Mexican restaurant in Milwaukee after Giannis titching the game winner to win Game Four. He decided to go get a meal after the game, and he tried to get a table and he waited for like ten minutes and no one sat the guy. Um, who just won a playoff game for your city? What? Um, and in his own in his own town, people at the restaurant were taking snaps. Like, oh my god, they can't see, they won't see Giannis. And um, and Giannis came out and said that he forgives them. He goes there all the time. He doesn't blame them. But apparently, it was a really weird environment, and like people were like (laughs) yelling at the wait staff, like giving up their tables for him and stuff. Um. Just really funny viral tweet that um, everyone cool, was talking yeah, about. But he said no love lost, and I'm sure um, uh, it was good PR for, for that restaurant in the end anyways. It's true. Fellas, we have reached the end of a, a long and storied Take It or Leave It season three. It has been an, an exquisite pleasure producing this podcast, guys, I got to say. You know, you guys really brought it for the, for the full year. You know, that's a lot. I think we made more episodes this season than we have in the last two that we tried. Yeah, definitely. Full 82 plus playoffs. It's been great, you know, living and growing with this team. I do want to give a quick delayed congratulations to Nathan as our Quiz Bowl Super Bowl XP Millennium Edition champion for the third season in a row. Hey, that's pretty cool. It's so, his birthday tomorrow, too. Yes, oh, it is. Thanks. It is. So uh, make sure to wish him a happy belated birthday when this goes up on Friday in the comments. Nebaspers, you guys have been great to us over the season. Thank you so much for checking in with our content, upvoting us. Next season, we got big stuff coming for one. We will definitely be available on Spotify from now on for season four. So look forward to that. And uh, guys, do you have any closing thoughts you want to say? Um, just thanks. We, you know, to, we you just, know, yeah, we had a, everybody for listening. It was fun. Yeah, we appreciate everybody out there that listens to us. Uh, we've had a really good time with each other watching our team you know talking about some cool sports stuff that's what we do here. and um i definitely <laughs> on okc way too fast yeah yeah it's <laughs> now a tie game you so, told me they were gonna lose this game. you can microsoft sam that in later it's only, the, it's only <laughs> the, the fourth quarter hasn't even started uh so we're gonna get to watching this uh very now intensely exciting matchup here somehow it, they brought it back but Thank you so much for sticking with us through season three of Take It or Leave It. We will see all of you fans out there in early October. Thanks. Season three of Take It or Leave It is a proud production of the Chandy Global Podcast Network. Hosted by Nathan Fernandez and Roger Craycroft. Produced by Chandler Holloway. Featuring baseball correspondent Ross Newman and visual assets by Asha Kasethi. 
The music was produced by The Strokes, Los Campesinos, Alan Toussaint, Setsuo Yamamoto, and the Brothers Chaps. You can follow us on SoundCloud for new updates on episodes coming out every Friday at 2 p.m. Central Standard Time. Our SoundCloud page is soundcloud.com forward slash chandyglobal. That's soundcloud.com forward slash C-H-A-N-D-Y global. You can also like us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash take it or leave it 512, all one word. It's a great way to interact with the show's hosts and stay up to date with new news on the podcast. Also give us a follow on our Twitter account. Our Twitter handle is at Tioli512. That's at T-I-O-L-I-512. And of course, you can always follow our host, Nathan Fernandez. His Twitter handle is at NathanPF1. Great guy. Plenty of great tweets. I'd give him a follow. Bye for you. Thanks a lot for listening, guys, and we'll see you next week.